appreciate very much the prayer on my behalf, and it is my prayer that I can bring scriptures tonight that will benefit each and every one of us. The subjects that I have chosen is for Lyle Miller, and I hope that we can study some things this evening that will inspire us to grow as Christians. Integrity is an Old Testament attribute. I think it carries over in the New Testament, and if you want to substitute something more common, let's just say Christianity. We need to be Christians. But the Scripture bears out that integrity is one of the foundations. You know, we can't teach others if we're dishonest. We can't be an influence in this congregation if we don't do good to all men. There was a point in history that I noticed several years ago about the Chinese. You know, they were talented in a way that they could engineer the Great Wall of China. That was one of the seven ancient wonders of the world. But history also bears out that that wall was thick enough, it was high enough, that none of the enemy every, ever scaled it or broke it down. But yet, in the first hundred years of that wall's existence, the enemy raided China on three occasions. And so history bears out that the Chinese could build a wall, but their guards and their gatekeepers didn't have the integrity to keep it from being bribed. And so they, all the enemy had to do was offer enough money to the gatekeepers, and the gatekeepers then uh, breached that wall. I want us to have integrity, and I want, I want to grow my integrity. I want to uh, become a better Christian as we advance in life. The first scripture that I have is Matthew 16 and verse 26. One of the incentives that I have for giving this lesson is that it seems like there's more controversy in our nation today over right and wrong. The definition of right and wrong seems to get obscure, and so that is my uh, incentive tonight to talk to ourselves for a little while about integrity. Simply put, Integrity is more than just telling the truth. It's also growing that truth into doing what you promise to do. It means that your words and your actions are the same. We're not hypocrites. And so we practice what we preach. And so, like I said in the beginning, if we want to influence others about us, we need to, we need to have this. Matthew 16 and verse 26, note that these are the words of Jesus Christ. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Hopefully you've heard the term value system, and that is the number one point that I want us to discuss for a few minutes. 
we need to have a value system. If you don't have one, get a value system from the Scripture. Jesus is giving us a value system here saying that there is much more value to our souls than there is anything that we can acquire, even to the extent of acquiring the whole world. And so let's have the proper value system. There needs to be a source of this value system. If it comes from the world, it's got bad problems. So the value system that we need comes to come from the proper source, which is the Scripture. Notice these words in 1 John 2 and verse 15. Words that you and I can take to heart. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Those two things can't exist together. Christians need to put the love of the world out. And so, verse 16 says, For all that is in the world, number one, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and number three, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. It's no secret to a a Bible-studying person that in Genesis, Eve was tempted by those same three avenues. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And so Satan doesn't have to change his approach dealing with God's creation, mankind. Those things that Eve succumbed to are still a temptation in the world today, and it is very plain. They are not of the Father, but they are of the world. Look with me to Hebrews 11 and verse 25. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God... You know, Moses was of royal character. He was adopted by Caesar's daughter. And so he could have enjoyed all the pleasures that life had to offer during his day. Yet, he knew that there was a value system or his value system needed to be different than those from the people that were raising him. And so... He turned his back on that royalty and chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Those things that Moses could have enjoyed as a part of nobility were only temporary. And he could see past that. He could see to the point that he wanted to work on his value system directing him to an eternal perspective. Look with me to 1 Timothy 6 and verse 7 as we continue with the value system source. The writer here says, for we brought nothing into this world and it's certain that we carry nothing out. We've never seen a hearse pulling a trailer. We've never seen a hearse pulling a boat. We've never seen a hearse taking a phys- physical things because physical things stay here. You and I are going to pass from this life the same way that we came into this life, and it is to carry nothing out. So don't value the things that we can possess in a physical sense. Romans 12 and verse 2, Be not conformed. To be formed or conformed is to be molded. 
Don't be molded to this world. Don't pay this world that much attention, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God, through the Scripture, instructs us repeatedly to not be molded after the world, to have integrity. I now look to Mark 10, verse 31. Again, these are the words of Jesus. Many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. So if my focus is to be first in the material world, if my focus is to attain power in this life, or to be first in this life, then I'm going to be sacrificing the world to come. And so Christians, those with integrity, are willing to take a lower seat. They're willing to go out and seek and save those that others might not care so much about. True Christians with integrity have a value system like Christ had and go out to save those that they can in the world. 1 John 2 and verse number 17, the world passes away. Everything that we know physically is going to burn up. The, and the lust thereof, the desire to attain all of these physical things is going to be done away with. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now forever is a value system focus that has its eye on eternity. Forever is eternity. Everything of this life is limited. It has a, a beginning and an end. Eternity has neither. And so let's value our soul and value those things that we can do that have a focus on eternity. Number three, determine what's important. You know, as children, we don't, we're not born with that. We have to learn what's important. Where do you want to spend your time? Are you going to study your material in, in grade school when you're supposed to, or are you going to wait till it's too late? In an adult life, are you going to focus on the things that you need to do today? And so Job 34 and verse 4, Let us choose to us judgment. Let us know among ourselves what is good. Judgment comes through the Scripture, and to know what is good, the difference between good and bad, comes from the Scripture. Psalms 119 and verse 37. Turn away mine eyes, David says, from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. Vanity is those things that are worthless. Physical things that we can attain in this life are vanity and vexation of the Spirit. But he says... Help me with this and help me to be alive in your ways, God. We need to be concentrated and to focus on God's, God's ways. Let's look to Ephesians 4 and verse number 17. 
This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles. Everybody around us is not always examples for us. Don't walk as those that are outside God's people. He says, in the vanity of their mind. And so the world has a determination that's not correct. So let's not follow after the world and let's don't have a mindset that comes from the world. I look now to Numbers 14 verses 6 through 10. We're going to shift a little bit now and look at Bible examples. We're starting in the Old Testament. Joshua and Caleb were two out of, I think, ten spies. I'm not sure about that number. I didn't, didn't establish that exactly, but they were in a minority. And those two, Joshua and Caleb, came back with a godly report. The majority of those spies were so physically oriented, so in tune to the uh, worldly view that they said, we're but grasshoppers in the sight of those people that live in the promised land. And so let's notice here in num Numbers 14, 6 through 10. And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephthah, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. This was a display of their great displeasure. They were stressed because God's way was not being followed here. Integrity was not being used by the majority of the people. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. And God had told them this. He, they say, If the Lord delight in us, then He will bring us into the land, or this land, and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us, their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us, fear them not. They had confidence in the Lord Jesus, or Lord God, in the fact that He had told them that they could take this land. But there was a majority said, we cannot do this. And verse 10 tells us what that whole host of people didn't listen to Joshua and Caleb. They were listening to the others that had the physical mindset. So all the congregation, verse 10, bade stone them with stones. They wanted to kill them. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. Let you and I be like Joshua and Caleb. Even if it's unpopular, let's hold to, hold to the Lord's way because that is holding integrity. Psalms 7 and 8. King David had integrity. He says the Lord shall judge the people, judge me. 
O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to mine integrity that is in me. This is the first scripture that I've brought to mind that uses this word integrity. And so David wasn't perfect, but he was a man after God's own heart, and he, was, he wanted the Lord to judge him. He wanted to be compared. He wanted God's influence in his life. You and I need God's influence in our life. Again, King David in Psalms 15, 1 through 5. He says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Or who, who will abide in your church? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? The, per, the people that will serve God, he says, walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth, which is a sin of the tongue, not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not, he that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent, he that doeth these things shall never be moved. And so there is a formula here of success. He says, walk uprightly, worketh righteousness, speak truth from your heart, don't backbite, don't do evil to your neighbor, don't reproach your neighbor, and whose eyes a vile person is contemned. You know, today, good and evil are switched out, or it's hard to decide from a worldview what is good and evil. But don't accept evil. Don't brag on evil. Don't be found keeping company with vile people. Spend your time, he says in the latter part of verse 4, with those that honor and fear the Lord. And that day, it was wrong to charge interest on money. And so he says, don't charge or put out your money charging interest. Don't take advantage of the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. Focus our lives on Christian principles and integrity because these things breed success, happiness, and make us approved of God and we will survive the judgment and attain heaven. Again, King David is a Bible example. Psalm 17 in verse 3, he says, Lord, Thou hast proved mine heart, Thou hast visited me in the night, Thou hast tried me and shall find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Again, King David wanted to be proved by God. He wanted to follow God's will and then be proved when God compared him to that will. He didn't spend his nights being worried about what he had done that was wrong. He had been tried and proven. He had purposed that his mouth, had, even his mouth and tongue, had not transgressed the will of God. Psalms 25, verse 20, uh, 21, again,
talking about King David, let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Not only was integrity used in the verses of King David here, but he says, I've got patience. God, I've got patience. Psalms 26 and verse 1, Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. You know, Brother Jay brought us a lesson uh, two Sundays ago about sin and how people go up to the line and go up to the line. Well, this is talking about sliding. And we have all know what a slippery slope is. Uh, on a slippery slope, you can't stop. And so, he says he's not going to slide. He's not going to be on that slippery slope of sin if he follows after the integrity that comes from following God. I want to use uh, Noah as a Bible example. You know, Noah worked on that ark as God commanded him to for something like a hundred years. And you know, it had never rained a drop of rain and it wasn't very, it wasn't near a body of water. And so you and I know that people jeered. They really gave Noah a lot of grief about building that ark. But you know, he persevered. Those people, his neighbors, anybody that made fun of him had no influence on him. And Genesis 6 verse 9 says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man, a perfect man in his generation, and Noah walked with God. I find that if I walk with God, I don't have near the problems that I do if I'm trying to walk without God. Genesis 18 verse 19. Abraham, a very noble man, not a perfect man, but a very notable man, Genesis 18 and verse 19, God said about Abraham, I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. And so I'm ashamed of the fathers and the dads in our nation today. They abandon their children. They abandon their wives. Men today are not like Abraham. They don't hold Abraham as their example because they don't command their children. They don't instruct their household to follow God. They don't have people around them to keep the way of the Lord. And so... We need to hold Abraham up as an example of the way men need to be today and to have godly integrity. Let's talk about Jacob just for a minute. Remember how he had sent his sons over to Egypt to bring food because they were starving to death? Those sons come home with sacks of grain and they find out that the man that sold them that grain had put their money back in their sacks. They were kind of worried about that. They really were concerned about it on the day they were making preparation to go back and see this seller of grain, which was their brother Joseph. 
They're going back. And so the dad says to them, take double money in your hand and the money that was brought again in the mouth of your sacks carried again in your hand and peradventure it was an oversight. And so today, people think the world mindset is, is if uh, you get some money that you, nobody knows anything about, you, it's yours. It's free money. And so let's look to Jacob as an example of nobody particularly knew that he had this money or they had this money, but he really wanted it returned. It wasn't his. And so that's integrity on the part of Jacob. Let's think about Job as a good Bible example of integrity. Remember how Satan was having a conversation with God and God allowed Job to be tested. Satan thought he would curse God. And so all of his possessions, even his children, were, were destroyed and Job did not sin in his heart. And so Job had godly integrity. Let's look at Job 13 and verse 15. Job says, Though God slay me, yet will I trust in Him, but I will maintain mine, eye, mine own ways before Him. Job held a steady course. You know, his wife, even early in all of that, said, Curse God and die. Yet Job sinned not with his lips. He, he did not sin. Job 16 and verse 17, For not for any injustice in mine hands, also my prayer is pure. Job made sure that he maintained the integrity of God. He says in Job 27, verses 4 through 6, My lips shall not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. You know, if we control our tongue, we're doing pretty good. A tongue is very hard to control. He says, God forbid that I should justify you till I die, I will not remove my integrity from me. He said, I'm not going to sin. Even though horrible things happen to me, I'm not going to lose my integrity. My righteousness I hold fast, I will not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me so long as I live. That is the commitment of Job. I'm not going to do wrong. I'm not going to curse God. I'm not going to fall from that level of having very good integrity. Let's continue. Job 29 and verse number 14, he says, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My judgment was as a robe and a diadem. The world likes fine clothes. Job was in interested in spiritual clothing. His righteousness was clothing to him. His judgment was as a robe and as a diadem. Job 31 and 1, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? Pornography is a problem in our world today. There's lots of money, lots, there's just a lot of that. It's more and more, seems like. But Job was committed to not sin, even to the point that he didn't let his eyes or let his heart think upon a maid. 
he kept his focus on godly things and not those things that Satan wanted to tempt him with, just as Satan wants to tempt you and I. Come to the New Testament, the Apostle Paul. Great Bible example. He began his early religious career persecuting and tormenting, killing Christians. He turned that around and became a major force for Jesus Christ. Acts 23 and 1, And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. You know, they had drug him before the Sanhedrin and were trying to find fault with him, but he could say in all good conscience, I have done my, I've done my best. He had, his conscience was free from hurt. You and I have a conscience that needs to be directed by the New Testament, and our consciences need to be good. They don't need to keep us up and keep us worried. Our conscience needs to be free from hurt, just as Paul's was. Acts 24 and verse number 16, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense towards God and toward men. Number one, do what God asks us to do and don't offend God. Number two, Paul had a sense of doing good for others. He even said on one occasion that I'm working with my own hands to make a living because it's a good example for you. He could have taken support. He didn't take support. He worked with his own hands that he could have a good conscience toward not only God, but all men. All men. We need to work about not offending others and working towards the good of all mankind. Continuing with Apostle Paul as our example from 2 Corinthians 4 and verse number 2. Paul says, But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Sadly today, that can't be said by all preachers. All preachers are not honest. All preachers are not cheaters. To, to walk in craftiness is as though Satan was crafty whenever he tempted Eve. To handle God's work deceitfully is sin, and some men do that today. We need to have the truth. We need to have the Testament, New Testament as it is given to us, and that makes us have godly integrity. Second Corinthians 7 and verse 2, Receive us. Paul says we have wronged no man, we have corrupted no man, we have defrauded no man. In the business world today, we need to be able to say we have wronged no one, we've corrupted no one, we have cheated no man. The world is looking at you and I through a microscope. If we stumble, then we bring reproach upon 
the truth, we bring reproach upon our fellow Christians. And so we need to not wrong others. Lastly, number five, we need to grow our integrity. I may think I've got integrity, and I do, some, but I need to grow my integrity. No matter who you are, we need to grow in Christianity. Hebrews 13 and verse 18, the writer says, pray for us. My prayer is, is that I grow in integrity. For we trust we have a good conscience in all things willing to live honestly. Colossians 3, verses 22 and 23. Servants, employees, obey in all things your masters or your bosses according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers. Don't do it just as men-pleasers, but in singleness of heart. Do it from the heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. So as we work for others, we need to be honest. We need to take direction and do everything we can to serve others as they would ask us to do as long as it's within God's will. God expects you and I to put a great effort in what we do to do it heartily as unto the Lord it's not for men. It's to please God and not men. Philippians 4 and verse number 8, as we wind down, this is one of Brother Orbamiller's favorite scriptures. It just brings in my mind and really appeals to me because finally, and I think, I think Dad very often finished his scriptures with this one. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue or if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, as a son of Arba Miller, it was hard to do all of that because that is a great, great, big formula for success. But if you can do those things, things there is success and he says think on these things you know if our minds are involved in all the kinds of entertainment that the world offers us we're not going to think on these things if I'm watching movies constantly if I'm playing games on my phone constantly if, if I'm doing anything that's of an entertainment nature I'm going to be distracted from the godly things that grow integrity and so think on these things is what the writer says last and not least first peter 2 and verse 12 conversation is a large word for lives it is speech but it's your whole life so having your lives honest among the gentiles again these are those that are outside the church whereas they speak against you as evildoers they may by your good works which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation. You and I may not have a chance with a lot of people to talk Bible with them. They're, they're shut off to that. But if we can 
be the salt of the earth and carry integrity with us when we go out, then there is a golden opportunity that they will see our good works and be convinced that there is great gain in godly integrity or in godly in Christianity. That's the lesson this evening. Appreciate very much your very kind attention. We want to offer the Lord's invitation. It's not my invitation, not your invitation. God's invitation to the gospel is for us to believe, repent of past sins, to confess His name before men, and to be baptized for the mission of sins. If this is something you need to do, we would beg for you to take care of that this evening by coming forward. Also, if you were to need the prayers of the church, please come forward as we stand and sing.